So much of directing, maybe all of directing, is communicating. How well can you communicate your goals, your ideas, and your intentions to your team? I'm George Edelman, host of the No Film School podcast and editor-in-chief at No Film School. And today my guests are Parker Finn, writer-director, and Charlie Seroff, cinematographer. They team together on a film called Smile. The story of how they met and how the project came to be is interesting in its own right, and you're going to get that in this episode. But what you're also going to get, and what I think is far more valuable, is insight into how they communicate, how they planned together, pre-visualize, how Parker worked with all the departments, and how he takes ideas about what he wants shots to create emotionally for an audience and turns them into collaborative technique the actual cinematic grammar, the language of shots, of goals, of intentions. He talks about the three rules or so that they had on set, the North Star that guided them through times when there's all kinds of chaos coming at you and plenty of opportunities to compromise. This is really a podcast that ends up being about how to survive on set and stay intact with your intentions between two people who collaborated along the way. So here we go. Parker and Charlie on Smile on the No Film School podcast. It's really cool to have both of you here. It's a rare treat to get a cinematographer and a director together to talk about their project. Um, so there might be things that I want to ask us about or, or ask you guys about or talk about separately, but there are definitely things like we can jump into sort of together. And I think for our audience, it's always cool to hear about how a collaboration starts or how you end up finding the right people to work on your project with. This project has had a great life already and will continue to, but what sort of brought you together on this? Where did you, where did Charlie, when did Charlie come in um, and sort of what, what made you guys a fit for this? Yeah. Um, so Charlie and I had, um, we met by chance at this. Um, it was like a South by Southwest filmmaker get-together orientation thing uh, shortly before the festival was planned. And, you know, it was a bunch of um, awkward filmmakers standing around in a room where, you know, there wasn't alcohol for some reason. I don't know <laughs> why not. But, um, you know, and, uh, yeah, and, and, and Charlie happened to come up to me and introduce himself, and we started chatting, and he was there with Relic, and I was there with a, a short that I had, I had directed and I had been aware of Relic because I'd heard about it at Sundance and was really excited to see it. And we just sort of hit it off that evening. And then we stayed in touch and that was like right before the pandemic hit, but we, we stayed in touch about the pandemic. I had the opportunity to see Relic and he had seen my short called Laura Hasn't Slept. And uh, I, I loved what he was doing. And, and it seemed like there was a, a lot of creative kinship there. And then I'd had the opportunity to basically pitch um, Smile around to a few places in town and, and, and Paramount bought the pitch. But, you know, once I had written it um, and, you know, it, it became clear that the studio wanted to make it, um, Charlie and I had, had you know, just gotten a chance to start like hanging out again and 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 i i was like hey man i'm doing this thing i want to send you the script and uh i sent it to him and, and you read it like really fast 
Okay, cool. Um, yeah. I always worry about that. Like, it, you know, if it takes more than a day, I feel like self-conscious about, damn, do they think I don't, <laughs> I don't care or something? But <laughs> yeah, fortunately, and, it was an easy read. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And he just, he responded to it in the right way. And and for me, you know, I think that the the sort of director DP relationship, it's, um, you know, you want to work with like other artists that really inspire you. But I think it's like, especially the way that I, I you know, want to make the, the films that, that I make, um, you know, I, I I need like a, like a real, like, you know, like partnering crime on it. Like somebody who I feel like I'm, I'm like, you know, going into war together with somebody. So, so personality is, is a huge part of that and, and feeling that it can be a real working relationship. And it just, uh, like just was Charlie checked all the right boxes for that. And, and then, yeah, like, likewise with Parker, it was just like, we just got along. We had a lot of similar shared a lot of the same sort of taste in, in films. And, and I remember that year, like seeing like that his short did so well. And one, I think one of the, it was the grand jury. It was like a, it was the main award, wasn't it? Essentially. It was, like it was one. Like what they called a special jury award. Yeah. Yeah. Special yeah. jury, which is great. <laughs> I, I was excited. Um, yeah. And the poster award. No, but it, 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 I just remember like we're all in sort of lockdown that year and like sort of seeing these little updates. I'm like, Oh, that's really exciting. I remember meeting him and, he was telling me about it and just sort of see it go on and do so well. And then when we, yeah, we finally got to catch up and, and then I was a bit, little bit blown away that his feature had been picked up by Paramount and we just sort of got talking. And fortunately, yeah, I was fortunate to receive the script and, and yeah, I was down. It was, uh, it was cool. Yeah. There's a lot of cool things already in this story to highlight. One is that you guys met at one of these filmmaker mixers, which makes me think those things, as awkward as they are, are extremely valuable, right? <laughs> Showing up. They always say show up to events, right? Like as awkward as they can be. And I got, I, I, yeah, I just remember like, it was lucky. I remember walking in and Parker was literally standing right next to me. And I was like, well, oh, this is awkward. Uh, hi. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like I, I think he went up to the other guy who was like dressed in all black. And, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Which, I know. Put on a black t-shirt. I forgot. Yeah. Sorry, we always just show up wearing the same shit all the time. Yeah. yeah, charming in the beginning, and then and then when you go and and prep and uh, and shoot a movie and and like nine days out of ten you show up wearing the exact same thing and yeah it's so <laughs> a little ridiculous you got to the point of like what are you wearing uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so so yeah. tell me though i mean i mean you also mentioned you were blown away by the part where he sold this movie to paramount i am too that part is really crazy so tell me about like you made a short you had a couple shorts under your belt it won some awards but then like getting a getting like going into a pitch at paramount and then being like yes let's do it like that's <laughs> that's crazy and amazing. Yeah, I like, mean it's, it's it's totally bizarre. I mean it gets even weirder than that because you know that that was the South by that got canceled by COVID. You know, and like that was like right at the beginning of COVID, March 2020. I think it was like you know. South by Southwest, the NBA, and like Tom Hanks were like the first three big yes, things. Yes, I rem- yes, I. But I'm I'm curious. Were you guys you guys weren't at that South by when you met, or were you? Because no, because it yeah, didn't so happen. You, right. Okay. So it was yeah, in LA. Was, it was like February okay, in LA when we met. You know, so so that South by gets canceled. But like literally, they told the filmmakers the week. Like it, we all learned it with the news, right? And it was like mm-hmm. a week before the festival was supposed to happen. And luckily, because they were so down. The, the way on it, they still ended up doing the judging. And so, you know, we found out that, um, you know, I found out that, that we had won the, the special jury award. And so like that got announced in the trades with all of the other ones, uh, all the other awards. And we, I had this like Vimeo link that was under a, a, a 
password that sort of got like leaked out somehow. Uh, thank goodness. And I remember I like woke up one morning and suddenly there were like hundreds of new views on it. And I was like, Oh, like what is happening? And apparently like, I guess like, you know, there was a, I've now heard like after the fact that like people were calling around every agency trying to figure out like where I was repped and I, I didn't have any reps at the time. And so I went to that Vimeo page and I like edited it and like put my email on the page and then like, then my like email inbox just exploded after that. And so I spent like the early part of the pandemic on like 10 zooms a day from my bedroom. I had never even used, I'd never heard of zoom before that. And suddenly, you know, it was just like, it was producers, it was buyers, it was reps. It was, you know, a lot of people. And it seemed like, you know, the, the, the short had been spreading around town sort of like organically, like wildfire. And um, everybody wanted to know, like, was there a feature that I wanted to do? And, and, you know, they were all really hoping that it was going to have something to do with the short. And when I had been in post on the, I mean, I made the short to exist for its, its own right. I think, you know, the best short films um, should not feel like a commercial for something bigger. They should, they should, you know, they should be their own, you know, piece of art or entertainment. And, um, but while I was in post on it, there was something about it that sort of just like kept gnawing at me and, and, and this idea for, you know, a larger, story emerged a, 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 like a, a, a much more depth character journey. And so that's all like what became smile. So there was this opportunity to, to pitch that. And so I, 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 you know, pitched it to a few different places and, and to their credit, Paramount came swinging out the swinging, the, the strongest for it. And um, so I, I sold it as a pitch, which was just like this, like shocking thing. I didn't think you could do as an unknown filmmaker. Um, I mean, and to direct it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Did you like was again also just like, oh, and I'm going to direct it, too. And they were like, yeah. OK, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like that. That is pretty very, crazy. Very, very surreal. Yeah. And, and it was also a strange time because like everybody else was dealing, you know, it was the first few months of the pandemic and everybody else's lives are falling apart and nobody knows like what. <laughs> so I like kind of when, when I sold it, I didn't tell anyone like I, I kept it. And then, you know, when the deadline article broke, then sort of the cat was out of the bag. But like. It's just this, like weird thing that like everybody else's lives stopped and suddenly this like like acceleration happened on on, on my end from my and bedroom. Charlie, you guys were since you were only you, you mentioned about like we got back in touch in person we could hang out again in person that's all post pandemic so were you not Parker were you guys not going to start production or, or any kind of pre production until the pandemic was over or what was the timeline? Well- you know? I mean, we, we, when we caught up, I remember, I think it was, a, it was when bars had started open up again, right? Like, you know, it was like going outside away. stuff. Yeah. Mm, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah outside yeah. stuff. Okay. So, yeah. But essentially, okay. we shot still in the middle, like, yeah. I mean, essentially in the middle still, right? There was in, lots full, of yeah. in full protocols. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. I think okay. we can link up because I think the movie got greenlit like May 2021, like, you know, that like soft green light that's like, all right, let's really yeah. start about making this movie so it was it was like right around like may or june i think that we went out and and uh went to like a bar that was doing outside stuff here in la and hung out and i think that turned into like a, i don't know like a six hour evening you know as, yeah, as, yeah. as i can which is a good sign you know and and you know i, I brought it up and it's funny i think i brought up the fact that i was doing this and then like i think i woke up like the next morning with like an email that i think charlie had sent in the middle of the night like dude like just want to really like, please, please send me that script. Like, I really, really <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. you obviously connected as friends, but yeah. there was some connection over the work you were going to do or the like-mindedness. 
what kind of stuff is that touchstone for you guys that you were like, we see things the same way. We want to make the same kind of movie. Like we have a, a vision that aligns here. I feel like if I, I can just say quickly, Parker, like one of the things that I really liked about you is when I asked like, you know, who some of your favorite directors are. And I, I do love horror films. I love genre films, but I like all film. And that's something that I think you'd, yeah. I'd, you'd agree, Parker, you, you do too. And like, you know, you mentioned directors like Todd Haynes and these people that aren't really known to be like strictly horror or anything like that. And I was like, this is cool. Like we can do like a genre film, but the sensibilities of with, within other filmmakers and genres and stuff as well. So that was something that really appealed to me. And I thought we, we should. Yeah. Up, so, big yeah. time. And I think like, you know, f- for me, like the way, you know, I think I sort of think of, um, the, the camera for me is such a big part of, of storytelling. You know, I sort of, um, from the way that I write, you know, it's, it's all written towards like how I want to direct a scene and, um, and camera, you know, I'm not a person that likes shooting standard coverage. You know, we, we, I, I, I like to, to shot list the entire script before we go into production, which is why I love, you know, stagecraft and building sets whenever possible, because you can sort of like, you know, you can, you can build them around how you want to tell the scene. But I think we just sort of like, really geeked out on on you know f- films that where where the like i love i love you know formalism almost to the point of like artifice where like you you are feeling the camera right it's it's part of the storytelling that it's that it's you know it's it's enhancing your experience of the film and uh charlie really seemed into that i mean he's done all kinds of stuff throughout his career thus far and i think he, he's he's amazing that he can do any of that but he, it seemed like this was like an opportunity to do something where like you know we could really sort of become this like two-headed monster on it and and um and you know hopefully you know shoot it in a way that was really special and and, yeah can you can you tell me charlie from your perspective a little bit about what that or break it down for our audience like what is the what is formalism to you mean from the position from the standpoint of what you're doing with the camera compared to other stuff you do because you have done every kind of thing (laughs) yeah i mean again speaking to parker's point like he is a very visual director and you could read that there it came through in the script and that first time we hung out, I, I remember he was even asking about like, you know, I've got this idea for this shot. Like, you know, I feel like you might have been interviewing me a bit at that point. I don't know. Like, and I was like, oh, I think we're doing with Secret this interview and, tactics. And it's just that kind of like, it's a challenge. I really like that. And I've been fortunate to work with Parker and, and some other directors that really just like push you into that. That's really appealing to me. Like, I, I love it if they've got a really strong visual take and if, if I can help bring that to life. And, you know, I'm a big fan of, like, moving the camera for a reason and, like, really, you know, things, you know, as as Parker spoke about before, like, not just standard coverage and things like that. And I could really see that in him early on and even on the script level, like, you know, the way it was sort of written. And um, that that's really important to me. You know, I, I want to hopefully be a part of films that make a statement and um, with people that are you know, very visual. And then I can, you know, I can be a part of that and help, help bring it to life. Can you get, yeah. That yeah. Answers your no, question, it does. But like I, I just saw, saw a lot of that in Parker and, 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 you know, a lot of the references and people he loved and, you know, some of the old films that he would share with me, they all sort of had that sort of feel to it. And I'm like, that's awesome. You know, if I, I kind of want to know about which old films that, that like, just I'm now I'm really curious to know, but I wanted to ask also 
about the yeah. previous planning process. Cause Parker, you mentioned shot listing and storyboarding and not shooting tons of coverage. That's a very clear choice. And yeah. when you guys attack the script together and you start to plan, tell me a little bit about the shot listing collaboration. And I know this a lot, but also like, how did you choose the lenses and the cameras and like what testing did you do? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, so we watched a lot of movies together and we tr- were trading a bunch of just, you know, references. And we talked a lot about lighting, of course. I think that like, if, if you can, if you can create a situation where the film is like unfolding sort of like from one bespoke shot to the next, like that to me, I mean, I love it when, when filmmakers do that. And I think it, you can establish such a, such a sense of like atmosphere and tone and, and cinematic language. And then if you can, you know, I think part of that too is like, on the other, like building that into the writing where, where suddenly now you're using the cinematic language to like work towards some of like the themes and motifs that you're also working on in the story. I think everything starts to speak to each other in a really cool way. But you know, there were things where like, I mean, for example, like the shot that, that I remember asking Charlie about at that, at that the interview uh, shot. <laughs> yeah. You know, was um, it's, it's in the film and it, it's the, it's the shot that we start, over the ambulance arriving at the hospital, watch Laura get pulled out on that gurney. And then the shot, you know, it tilts up and pushes through the window into uh, her boss's office and, and catches her at the door and then pans into the rest of the scene. I, I wanted to do that as one unbroken shot. And, you know, it was like, I mean, that's literally, it was written into the script that way. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's, I love a challenge of like, you know, if I can get, if I can get like a, you know, a, a line producer or a first AD, just like really uncomfortable at like the level of the <laughs> I was going to say, Charlie, yeah, when I told you were. about that, were you imagining people, all the people who will be unhappy about this? Because that's what I imagine when I, when I think about it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things, but like, that's the whole point of like, of having such a solid plan going in and, and doing all that stuff. And, you know, I find shot listing, at least for me and, and Charlie, I mean, you, you can speak for yourself, but like, I find shot listing to be, you know, one of the most invaluable processes in, 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 uh, prepping a film storyboarding. I, for me, I find storyboarding to be more valuable if like, a lot of different departments are going to be touching a particular shot or it's something that's so unusual or strange that like you need that visual reference. But I don't like, I find the whole process of storyboarding to be like, honestly, just like more tedious than shot listing and not necessarily any more helpful. So like I, I love shot listing um, in, in general. And, and then, you know, previous, we had no money for like any, like, real official, like actual previs, but we would do things like, you know, we would, we would film things on our phones, you know, just like the, like really janky versions of that on our, on our phones, uh, sometimes with like, you know, a little toy matchbox car or, you know, I filmed that. Yeah. Pillows. I filmed that shot. Like that's, you know, like, uh, during that dream where it like spirals down that hallway and into a room. Like I did that in my, you know, with my phone using just props and shit like that. But you know, it's, it's all just like, if you can communicate the idea, like that's the most important thing. And then you, you bring in all the people that need to, to understand it. 
And yeah, I, I totally agree. Like I, I also shoot commercials and I feel like when it comes through, like there's an agency and a kind of brand and all these sorts of things, like having a storyboard is like a big part of that because everyone needs to be on the same page to come together to execute. But, but like, I agree with Parker. I don't, unless it is like a stunt sequence or a, like a heavily, you know, there's a lot of VFX involved and things like that where everyone, yeah, does need to collaborate and be very well aware of what it is. I lean into shot listing as well. And we actually, like, you know, before we um, started official prayer, Parker and I would get together and just here in my apartment, like quite often, and some and, and uh, at his, and we would, yeah, just talk through the script. And you know, I remember you were always pacing up and down, Parker, going, I think, you know, this, I'm thinking, and you know, I'm taking notes, and I'm like, yeah, cool, you know, we're here, we're there. Like, it was, it was a great process. Blocking it out ourselves, that. too, yeah. and you know, figure out yeah. who, whose camera yeah. and who's, who's um, performing again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I remember when we went over, we shot in New Jersey and, you know, with a lot of New York crew and they were, they were, they were great. But they, I feel like sometimes um, when people come out of like television backgrounds and things like you, when we had this extensive shot list, it was a little hard for people to be like, oh, we haven't seen the locations yet. But we're like, yeah, but we know where, you know, just because a wall's here or there, we can adapt it, but we still need a plan. Like we needed that to go in. And I found, yeah, it was invaluable just to be ahead of it all. Um, otherwise, you can really sort of, you know, push a lot into when you're meant to be, you know, just about to shoot and there's a lot. So I think having that plan, we basically had a 90% of a shot list for the whole film sort of in the back of our mind before we uh, even yeah. got and out there. So. when you, Charlie, when you, like, I assume after somewhere in that process, you start thinking about like the lenses that would be the right, that are the right fit for things. Do you guys talk a little bit together about what to do? What And, and also like medium, like camera, like, like what kind of camera you choose and like how those conversations, like, can you, can you tell us a little bit about just that process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the like again, Park is very good with the visual side of things, and he's very well schooled on the different camera formats and lenses and stuff like that. And it was actually you, you mentioned the Alexa sixty five to begin with, right? I, I'm pretty sure you were like, I really love that camera for what it can do, and I'm like, hell yeah, I would love to test it and see what it's got to offer and bring it up against other formats. But we weren't really sure whether we could use it because it had been one of those cameras that's sort of been reserved for larger budget pitches and there aren't even that many, you know. But it is becoming a bit older now and Ari were very helpful in letting us test it against their other cameras. And um, so, yeah, and we both aren't really the fan a fan of like really clinical and sharp images. You know, being on such a clean format, we sort of wanted uh, to lean into maybe older glass and and that kind of like influenced our decision there to go with the RE DNAs. But essentially we, we tested, um, because we were at RE rental, you can only get the Alexa 65 through RE. We were in the RE range, which is fine. We, you know, I'm more than happy to be shooting on Alexas of different sorts. Um, but we didn't really test any formats outside of that because we were kind of hoping to probably lean into the yeah. 65 anyway. So we tested against the mini and the LF and, and some different lens sets like the Alexa 65. Um, they've got some 65, uh, yeah, primes, and then they've got the RE DNAs, which we ended up going for because they're a little bit more of a vintage feel. But yeah, like Parker and I went into RE and we sort of ran through some different tests. And one of the main reasons we went for the 65, even when we thought that the film was going to um, straight to streaming, was that we really wanted to be up close and personable on Rose's journey, and you know, really be in in, in her world of trauma and and not have all of the warpy, distorted effects that you get on smaller mm. senses. So that was my, and I think you'd probably, you know, I'll let Parker speak to it, but that was the biggest draw card for me on that camera. It wasn't that, oh, we can, you know, get all this extra resolution and we're on the big camera. And, you know, I'd, sometimes being on smaller things and being more nimble is, is better in a lot 
lot of ways, but and this camera is a bit of a beast and it's heavy and you have to kind of allow for it when, when designing sets and mm. space and all that sort of stuff. But we just found that we could be on extremely wide lenses and be very close to Sophie, you know, who played Rose and our other characters and, and objects without having that sort of fear and loathing in Las Vegas warpy effect, which wasn't really, didn't yeah. really right for the film. Her perspective would stay um, quite natural and normal and yet we were able to sort of feel the depth and the space and everything around her. So that was the other thing, being, you know, about being on wide lenses, we wanted to feel the environment as opposed to being telephoto. So, yeah, it was a combination of things like Parker planted the seed and then we explored and we ended up landing on it, for, I think, for the right reasons. Yeah, it's a great, and, and it's a great shout out to Ari Russell, but yeah. they were great to us. Um, I can't speak highly enough to, to how mm. good they were to us. I mean, you know, one of the things that was interesting yeah. is I think we, like, caught them at this, like, perfect time where there were, like, a couple of 65 sitting around not being used for once. Mm. And so they were kind of like, we had mentioned wanting to do it. And they, I think, you know, they, they of course knew that like as any production, you know, you're probably talking to several different rental houses, but I think they were, they essentially, they were like, you know, they wanted to do it for us like the same way they would have done like a mini LF. Basically they were just mm. like, they, 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 they mm. were very supportive of the project. So, you know, we were able to make that work within our, within our budget. And, um, yeah, I mean, going back to what Charlie was saying, I mean, a big part of like wanting to shoot on, on large, large format, especially with 65 is like definitely all, all, you know, to be able to shoot these like really amazing, like beautiful, like close up portraits that without warping a face, but also, you know, we talked a lot about the idea of like intense close ups and then also like putting somebody, uh, putting a character, bros, especially in like, you know, isolating her in in a space with like a lot of negative space around her like that was mm. like a big part mm. of the visual language of the film so that you're constantly worried about like you, you feel you feel incredibly uncomfortable being that close to her and then when you when you pull back you're dealing with all this negative space where hopefully we're teaching the audience that like anything can happen with that negative space and um you know it's really just about trying to again relating back to like sort of you know some of the themes and and feelings of of dread and uncertainty and anxiety and using the camera and the lenses to, to really push that as far as we could. That is so cool to hear you break it down that way. I'm curious how you guys know, besides for your instincts and one another, like, I mean, that's part of the answer, I'm sure. But when you talk about creating a visual language, that creates an experience for the audience. Do you do you run it through like some tests? Do you just watch it? And is it possible to watch it afterwards and, and know like when you were looking at those shots with the negative space, because you, you're so familiar with the material, like, how do you know? Like, I think, cause you said like, hopefully, like, I'm, I'm really curious what the part is cause you're, you're fluent in the language you're trying to speak here with the camera and creating an emotion in the audience that way. But how do you know if they're getting the message or, or is that a testing process? Like, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, uh, like anything, when you're inside of it, when you're in production, when, you know, all of that, like you're, you know, I get so close to something that, you know, my, my face is smashed right up against it and you just lose all sense of objectivity. So I think part of that, what's really important is sort of like, you know, kind of setting a, a, a North star for yourself very early on about, about what you're what your overall like ideas and plans are so that you can, you can 
plan for all of that and then trust that you did that work and that it's it's going to work and like you know we're we're we, we would make adjustments on set when we thought, you know, we could push it one way or the other, you know, a little further, but like we went in with so much in, uh, intention and there was a, actually a couple of other, I mean, there's a, there's a few things that I don't know if we've actually spoken about publicly that, that we created a few additional rules in the visual language, which, mm. which is, is kind of a fun thing that, that we've kept secret that I think is, is really effective, but we would constantly, like gut check each other and be like, all right, we're, we're doing this, we're doing this. Like it's following this, this, these rules that we've set for ourselves. And, and, you know, we would, we would feel that we were doing it correctly, but it was about establishing that language early on. I mean, some of it was in, was in tests, but a lot of it was like, this is what we said we're going to do. Let's stick to that. And, and were the rules, the North star you're speaking of, or were there other North stars or were like, or the rules part the, of the North the star? Can you explain and, and that a little you, bit? <laughs> yeah. The rules and how you feel about the image, certainly on monitor, you know, like, like what is it that we're trying to, to get across? And, and, you know, a big part of that also was just about, you know, I, I had said to, to Charlie and all of my collaborators that, you know, I wanted I wanted to the people to feel anxious and on edge from like the opening frame of the film and for that to never let up. So like we, we always, we never reset or anything like that. You know, like the, the idea is that the visual language is constantly ratcheting up, ratcheting up and, 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 and putting you in this place that's sort of like inescapable, which is what the character is feeling. And so like that, that sort of became the guiding light for all of it. And it is like, you know, the, the, at the 13th hour of the, the 25th day, you can get lost sometimes. We're all exhausted. And, you know, when the, you know, the production are telling you to hurry up and, you know, you have to finish, like, it's, you know, coming back to Parker's point, it's like sometimes we would ask ourselves, we're like, wait a minute, you know, why would we do, why would we change that now? This is the rule, you know, we don't have, you know, whether it would be over the shoulder or this, or the, you know, that we had, we had a few things like that that, it's falling back on it's so important because you can get a little lost sometimes you can be like whoa it's just try something different you know like but, but no yeah I, I think it's important i love the way um, you guys are, yeah. are like simplifying something that's so complicated because the you mentioned the being in the trenches early on in this and like having a partner and going in there and like everybody has experienced the chaos of of the production and the compromises that you have to be faced with and you've simplified it by saying we have some rules we have a north star and we check in and now I just, I really want to know what the rules were. <laughs> well, what are the secret rules? <laughs> because it would also lead to situations where we would basically be like set to go. And like last minute, Charlie and I would confer and we'd be like, we got to swing a lens. And you just feel everybody around you. <laughs> yeah. like, Why? Why are we doing this? Um, yeah. But yeah. You know, and you're like, like secret rules. I can't tell you why. I just, yeah. Yeah. rules. <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about a couple at the over-the-shoulder? Yeah, the I mean, there? sure. So, like, one, one of the big rules was, you know, there's not a single over-the-shoulder shot in, in the whole film, and that's extremely by design, you know, that there was a whole intention to really isolate Rose as a character, and also every every interaction that she has feels isolating and alienating. There was another rule about, you know, that was both, I think, technical and philosophical about there'd be a difference on every single time when we're shooting Rose versus the person that she's speaking to. There's um, some really mm. specific choices that are made every single time in the film. It, it was stuff like that that was always just designed to to have like the most like subtle effect. But I think that the the cumulative nature of all of it, you know, just sort of becomes mm. this, this, you know, overwhelming atmosphere of the film. It's, it's so true though. I mean, I, 
I can tell you that even when I first saw the trailer, I remember thinking like beyond the obvious, this is what I remember thinking beyond the obvious, something about this is fucked up. Like, <laughs> you know, like there's something about the way this yeah. looks for this person that I remember thinking is like, there is some really unsettling elements to what's happening to her. And it's not just the stuff you can tell that is unsettling that's going to happen to her. And I, when, as soon as you said that she's always isolated, I was like, yeah, there's something about that. Like you knew something was just so off about her experience of the universe she was in and that you were, you were going to be dragged on that ride. Yeah. You know, and there was a, a a real intention, um, which is another thing I talked to Charlie about, which again, like, you know, sometimes I do find speaking in the abstract or the philosophical can be more helpful than people might anticipate because then you're like, all right, how do we practically achieve that? But like, you know, two of the other things that that we talked about with, with the, well, three of the things were one of them was like, we wanted to avoid any and all like obvious horror tropes um, visually uh, for like, you know, at least 95% of the film. Um, we, you know, we wanted, we wanted to create environments that didn't immediately scream horror film. The lighting wasn't designed to like immediately scream horror film, anything like that. We wanted the, the horror to come out of the, the, the context of the situation and be even more unsettling because of how like off kilter it is to be feeling this scared in an environment that isn't covered in cobwebs and, and, you know, feeling, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, there were sort of two things that that we had talked about. I said, you know, I wanted the movie to, you know, feel, I wanted to give it this atmosphere of the whole thing feeling like a nightmare. And like, like from the opening moments that you've just, you've just somehow found yourself inside of a nightmare that is getting like worse and worse and worse and figure out like how we can build that into the the visual language of the film. And then also to do these little things that was like a big part of the production design too. our production designer, Lester Cohen, who's amazing. um, We both really loved working with, Um, you know, I talked a lot about these, yeah, these these spaces, is that especially like the hospital, like the interior of the hospital, which we built, you know, this idea of it just feeling like, you know, familiar, but like there being something just slightly off about it that almost creates like a, like a sense of like liminality or just like, like there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your thumb on it. And uh, And it really, really irks people when you do those little things because they can't figure out what it is and they're just unsettled. Yeah. It's like a trigger. So yeah, like there's you know the the I really like the palette of the the hospital. It's just it should be a pleasant environment, but it's just not like you know with the pink blinds and the walls and stuff like that. It's, yeah, there is, <laughs> should be. A, you, yeah. This is a cool topic, and I, I know we've gone on, but this has been so much fun. But I like as we wrap up, like you talked about like speaking philosophically and kind of metaphorically being helpful. I think a lot of people get that's a stumbling block where they like try to avoid it. Or the, it confuses them or like between the two of you kind of from both sides, like what makes that work when you start talking? Cause when it works, it like brings another layer and level to whatever you're doing. But like what for you guys made that, that type of conversation work? Like how did you, how do you frame things for one another or for like your, the production designer or other members of the team that are like more esoteric, but you want to make it concrete, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, I think with most things, and I sort of feel this way about every aspect of prepping a film, I think like inevitably you're going to have to like, you got to, you got to take things and make them a reality, make them concrete, figure out you have a box you have to operate in, you have to do that. But I I never want to like start 
with that. You know, I think it's always worth starting with like, all right, what's the like, what is the sort of like, the world's our oyster right now. Let's forget like all of our obstacles, all of our roadblocks into achieving things. What would we really want to achieve if we could do anything? Right. And a big part of that is like, what is the, you know, feeling that like once we're, we're, you know, at the end of the edit, like what's the movie going to feel like in these moments and all that kind of stuff and talking about it and having these conversations. Cause I think like, you know, at least as a director, I mean, you surround yourself with, with hopefully with, um, really talented other artists and, and artisans and, you know, uh, and technicians and, and all of your department heads and collaborators and all these, all these people, I think like giving another artist, like, Hey, like here's like the feeling that I'm trying to achieve. And like, now let's start talking about like, what are the really cool ways that we can do that? I mean, you know, we didn't even get into it, but like, uh, you know, our costume designer, Alexis Forte and I, we came up with like, there's like hidden concepts in the costume design that I think are doing like having a real effect on how the audience is, is feeling about the characters. And, you know, but it came out of these discussions of like, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to use the craft to achieve these like, you know, bigger, more esoteric philosophical ideas. And it's just about, I think, starting in that place and then really getting into the nitty gritty has, has at least proved useful uh, thus far. I don't know how you feel about it, Charlie, but. No, hundred percent. I think starting with these, yeah, like in the, just, just get, starting very broad and philosophical and then trying to come up with very simplistic in a way ideas to help. It's a, it's a, it's a good way to feel empowered. I think it's a good, like, you know, it's, it's a good way of like working with and managing your heads of department and everything, Parker, because like when you, when there, when there are these sorts of ideas that are grand and you can kind of like come to the table and try to be able to present, you know, maybe with it, something, something as big as like, like, you know, Rose's emotional state being simplified into a certain lens or a camera angle. It's a really cool joining the dots. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. If that no, makes sense, I, I like that. You know, where is she, where is she in her life right now? And, but what, what millimeter lens is that going to work at what distance? <laughs> I sort of love starting here and then bring it to here. And that's, that's yeah. a really fun way to work. So it's so. sort of like, you know, this is where it's too, you know, I think is, is a big part of it and trying to, mm-hmm. trying to, anticipate that a little bit because you know at the end of the day i mean that's the whole point is like is to give somebody an experience through the cinematic language and you know if you can not only what's going on with character and theme and tone and atmosphere but i i love thinking about the person sitting in the audience and like what it's doing to them and i think that you can't let that dictate everything but i think having that in mind sometimes can can help you create things that that are just really effective yeah it's like Parker's saying like we start talking about where we're going and then Charlie starts like building a car like or something like that, like in a metaphor or like putting gas in a car or something like that. It's like you start with the kind of big picture stuff and then what are we going to do to get there? Like what are the pieces we need? And it becomes a roadmap. And like, by the way, like once you really start, I think everybody, because there's always like an adjustment period to every new project, right? Like in the, especially in the prep period, but like people start to like, I think, at least I found that like the department heads would start to be like, all right, like even on their own, they'd be like, wait, like this is right. This is not right. You know, like they, they start mm. to feel that, you know, once everybody starts to internalize it and it's a, it becomes a really great sort of instant gut check on like any, any decision that has to be made. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm really excited that we got to do this and talk about this film. You guys gave us so much good stuff um, and congratulations with it. Well, and I'm, I'm very curious to see what you guys are doing doing next (laughs) after this awesome 
Well, thank you very much. Uh, Thanks, for, Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, it's, it was fun. Thanks, Parker and Charlie, for coming on. Thanks so much for listening and watching. You can find more filmmaking content at nofilmschool.com. We post stories constantly every day about news, technology, and all kinds of evergreen education as well. Please also like, rate, and subscribe to this podcast and check us out on YouTube. Leave comments. Let us know what you think. Send your questions to editor at nofilmschool.com. We do a weekly show that's just news and roundups, and we answer those questions or comments on that show, those release on Thursdays. And we also do these interviews with all kinds of major names in the industry and people who work at all levels of the craft. Those release on Tuesdays. Thanks so much for listening.